Welcome into the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you. And today's Friday, July 31st, and we've got plenty to get to this week. Training camp kicked off officially. We'll hear from Doug Marone and his opening comments of training camp. We'll hear from team physician Dr. Kevin Kaplan as he explains the COVID-19 protocol. Plus, first-round pick C.J. Henderson and Caleb Unchason speak with the media at the start of their first training camp. Let's start with the opening of camp and all the changes in protocol surrounding COVID-19. The NFL Players Association and the NFL agreed to cancel all preseason games and build up to the regular season with a strictly scheduled training camp ramp-up. To get to the ramp-up, though, involves testing for COVID-19. And Jaguars head team physician Kevin Kaplan sat down with me over Skype to explain the testing procedure and some changes around the building. Well, this is an uncharted territory, and, and the NFL's really been working on this for for many months now. And each team had to set up a, a specific plan uh, in order to try to get us back into the stadium uh, as safely and, and efficiently as possible. Uh, and the something that the NFL and the NFL Players Association, uh, along with the NFL Physician Society, has agreed upon is regular testing to obviously you know, God forbid, pick up uh, if a, a player or a staff member is affected by the COVID virus. And that involves uh, daily testing, uh, at least here at the beginning. Uh, and we have the company BioReference, uh, which is the company the NFL has hired, um, basically stationed outside our stadium. And we go there, we check off a, a list of whether or not we've had symptoms, if we've been exposed, if we've traveled, all the, the normal questions that you get pretty much anywhere. Even when you come to my office, you get the, those types of questions. Uh, and then we go into the their lab and, and we do a, a nasal swab where they check for the virus uh, and then we leave. And then obviously we can come into the building when our test results come back negative. And if, God forbid, it's positive, then we have a plan on how we treat those players and, and what we do and how we monitor those players. Uh, so there's a, a very regimented right now plan uh, that we have in place in order to try to prevent a spread or an outbreak if someone tests positive, and hopefully no one will test positive. What about the frequency of testing? Is it every day now? Does that change in time? For now, it's every day. And if we fall below a certain percentage of positives, you know, in other words, less than 5%, then for now, the NFL has said we will change the frequency with which we test. Uh, and I think that this is an absolute moving target. You know, we really don't know, and, and no one really knows how this is going to go. Now, if you said to me, okay, if a player tears an ACL, what's the what's the procedure here? I could pretty much tell you within, you know, certain limits of time, you know, how that is going to play out. But this is so novel that we really don't know, you know, which way it's going to go. So we have to be able to kind of shift our protocols as we move along. I know there have to be plenty of changes around that building, especially in the team areas, the locker room, uh, the training table, dining room, um, the, the the training room, in fact, to go get ankles taped and everything involved there, uh, the weight room. Uh, take us through the distancing procedures there, uh, water bottles, towels, all of that procedure is totally different this season. It's been so unbelievable to think about how much contact we have between players and staff and office, you know, front office members having to change pretty much everything. I and mean, if you if you think of, a, of an athletic trainer on a football field, you think of an athletic trainer with a water bottle and the player comes over and one gets a little bit of water and the next one gets a little bit of water. And 
So, I mean, none of that can stay the same. Towels, you know, how many times do you see a, uh, an athletic trainer have a towel over his shoulder uh, and, you know, one player will wipe his, his mask off and then he puts it right back on his shoulder. So that has all had to change. Everything has become very personalized. You're going to have your own water bottle. You're going to have your own towel. The way we, at least in training camp, when we have either 90 guys or 80 guys, depending on, on how many guys are in the building, they have to be spread out. Uh, we have to be able to monitor who has contact with each other. So the NFL is using a, a tracer system where we all have uh, little contact tracers that we wear. And so, you know, if let's say person A, B and C all have the contact tracer and somehow or another person A becomes positive, we'll be able to see did he interact with person B, did he interact with person C. And so we have a, a very good look at where players are or anybody, staff, myself included, where I am in the building and who I've interacted with. Uh, and so these are all part of this uh, ITER or this plan that we have uh, with the NFL that was just obviously approved before training camp. Uh, we have an infectious disease specialist that's with us as well and an infection control officer that's uh, one of our athletic trainers that's really monitoring this program. So it's one person now that's in charge of a lot of different things and we're all working together to, to keep the building as safe and clean as possible. The full interview with Kaplan available now on Jaguars.com, and a portion will air this weekend on Jaguars Weekend TV. Let's get to Jags drive time Thursday morning. I filled in for Ashland Sullivan this week with Brian Sexton and John Osher, and as always, we dug into the Ozone mailbag, this time for a discussion around players opting out throughout the NFL and what it could mean for a certain Jaguars defensive end. Let's go to William from Merritt Island down on the Space Coast. How will the new opt-out affect Yannick Ngakwe? Yeah, this is a tricky one. Um, you have to understand the opt-out and exactly what it means. I don't think it's going to affect him at all because my understanding is if he opts out, it only pushes everything back a year, and that means that his situation, he would not get out of his situation if he's trying to get out of Jacksonville until 2022. And the big element there, and I want to make sure I get this right, if he is to opt out, what he has to do first is sign the franchise tag. If he signs the franchise tag, then that means by opting out, he would then be under a one-year contract in 2021. So my, you know, I can't speak for Unique. I haven't spoken to him. All indications are he wants freedom as quickly as possible. If he signs that tag, then he's on a one-year deal that everybody thought he was going to be under in 2021. The Jaguars could still then theoretically franchise him a second time in 2022. For him, I think the opt-out might create more problems from his perspective than he would want. And uh, so I don't think he'll be opting out. But as I've said a million times, he, he's a unique cat. I, I can't predict the action. I doubt he would opt out. We, we've talked about this ad nauseum um, with Yannick. And, and John's right, it doesn't impact him at all. He has no leverage. He gains no advantage by opting out. $17.8 million smells like freedom to me. <laughs> sure. And hasn't he already, I guess, self-opted out by saying he's not playing for this team anymore? I mean, in theory. Well, he is, but so. people are talking about could he possibly opt out, use the system despite the team. Right. And I don't think that's possible for him. I don't I, think so. I'm just not sure that's going to be a deal for him this year. 
The archive of Jags Drive Time available on jaguars.com or audio available on the official Jaguars podcast network. Later Thursday, head coach Doug Marone met the media virtually for the first time in training camp. And speaking of Ngakwe, Marone provided the latest about the only player that did not report to Jaguars camp. And have you had any conversations with Yanni? I, I have not. No, I have not. But, you know, like I said before, you know, he's one player that I know is always ready. You know, someone told me, hey, you know, someone someone's not here and he's going to come back. I mean, or, or not, you know, he's a player that's always, always ready, always um, taking care of himself. Um, like I said before, I'm going to reiterate it again. You know, um, as a coach, you know, you love for that perfect harmony between, you know, management and the player as far as the business end of things. And I think when you look at it, you know, both, both sides, you know, have rights from a management side to a player side. Um, I think as a coach, you're always looking for a solution. You know that you can, you know, you know, be part of to to help uh, bring parties together. But um, you know, Dave would probably be able better to speak on where everything is at um, as far as you know talks or whether they've talked or not. Because with all the stuff that we've had and the change, you know, you got to remember now we we didn't receive a lot of this information or a deal wasn't struck with the PA until you know really close to the time. Well. The amount of research, the amount of reading, the amount of questions that come up, you know, I really the majority of my time has been, able, you know, really been with the protocols of keeping the players safe and being able to see what the best way is to ramp this thing up. When we return, Marone provides some background on his family life as camp begins. Plus, Jaguars first round picks C.J. Henderson and Caleb Unchason explain the start of training camp. All that and more after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast week in review presented by TIAA Bank. Yes, there are plenty of guidelines for working at TIAA Bank Field or any NFL facility these days, but the real challenge will be when players, coaches, and staff leave the facility. Can they stay virus-free when interacting with those outside the building? Well, head coach Doug Marone spoke with the media midday Thursday, but later joined Jeff Lagerman and me on the first Doug Marone show of the 2020 season Thursday afternoon. The show airs each Thursday at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network and Jaguars social channels. Marone explained that he's doing all he can to help keep the stadium and the team virus-free. But here we are, end of July, and typically we're talking about the Jimmys, the Joes, and the X's and the O's, and you're still talking about that, but then you have a whole other category of managing a football team with a global pandemic. I mean, where's the manual for that? Well, you know, I, I don't think there is a manual for that. I think that, Jeff, I, I went through the same thing. So what I tried to do is change myself, my, my mentality of, you know, what we look at as, you know, a training camp and what we look at as preseason games and, you know, and, and some of the things that go into that as a coach. I mean, and, and you've seen it, you know, from, from that end where coaches want to, you know, as soon as the players get in, you want to set the tempo, you want to go, you want to, you know, you know, set that, you know, 
physical mode and get on the field and be in pads and, you know, here we go. Um, so I think, you know, the, with the weeks leading up, you know, to, to what was going on. And, and obviously there was a lot of anxiety of whether, you know, um, you know, we were able to get something done with obviously the protocols being in place. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to the coaches, I've talked to the rookies, I'm going to talk to the veterans about, Hey, listen, you know, this is truly a ramp up period. Uh, we have some time, uh, you know, about four weeks, four and a half weeks to get the team ready to play. Um, got about 14 days of, of padded practices and we'll get to that. But our mentality as coaches, you know, we have to change, you know, we have to have, you know, this is, a, this is called patience. You know, this is called education with acclimating the players, in my opinion, um, you know, to the safety protocols that are in place and talking about, you know, not only just self-discipline, uh, but also more importantly, the responsibility that we all have, you know, to make sure that we don't bring this virus into the building and, and spread this virus. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit more than, you know, hey, just coming into this building, getting tested every day. It's a lot of it is, hey, what you do outside. And, you know, it's tough. I, I've been going through it now for a couple of days, uh, not really, really almost two weeks now where, you know, I haven't been in touch, you know, I haven't, you know, my children play AAU sports. My children are around, you know, my wife's driving them around, you know. So, you know, I basically, you know, been quarantined, you know, from them because uh, obviously I'm I'm committed to not getting it. And, you know, those are some of the things that are that are tough, you know. Um, you know, and I think we all have all these different challenges. And that's why, like, you know, we see players opting out or things of that nature. And And, you know, I respect that decision. I think that, you know, at the same time, if, if we're going to come in here and say that there's no risk, there's, of course there's risk. There's risk every time we go to the supermarket. There's risk every time we, you know, we're, we're out there. But, you know, I think the awareness, I think the rules that have been uh, put in place or the protocols, which, um, you know, obviously at any time can change for the better, which is that what that's what we want. Uh, like I said, this thing's this thing's the best thing right here. You know, this little, uh, <laughs> you know, my contact thing, you see it flashing blue, you know yeah. what I mean? And what is what really is that? Anyone getting into my space anyway? So now this this is like <laughs> now I got a reason to keep people away from me. This thing. What is that? If it starts flashing red, it means hey, get your ass away. You're too close. <laughs> it's what a contract that, tracer though, logs. So everybody has one in the building, and ah. it tracks where you are in vicinity to somebody else. And if it if it goes red, you better step away from the head coach. Apparently, hmm. well, step or the head coach step away from whoever you know. For all of us, really, it's it's. It's really good, and I think, you know, part of the this plan, you know, that or this mindset that I had was, you know, bring the coaches in, get them used to the protocols of wearing masks, having, um, again, we differentiated, in other words, virtual meetings or meetings we have with the players at home, interactive meetings we have in the building, but we're all spread out. So you're not having these full, you know, offensive meetings, offense, defense, special teams, they're broken up. The individual meetings, we have it spaced well enough apart. So, you know, that's all been different, but, you know, it's, it's, it's different. You know, the normal is the abnormal right now. You know what I'm saying? So, so and then when the players came in, you know, obviously with all these testing protocols are in place, you know, that doesn't mean that everything's okay. You know, we still have to, you know, um, you know, go with the protocols and keep, uh, you know, the environment as safe as possible. 
The full show archive available on Jaguars.com or the Jaguars official podcast network. Now let's hear from the first round picks from 2020. They're in the facility doing strength and conditioning work and on-field walkthroughs. Coming off the field Friday, C.J. Henderson and Caleb on Chase on Met the Media virtually. For Henderson, at least so far, the defensive concepts are similar to what he had down in Gainesville. Um, well, you know, Coach Grantham prepared me a lot, you know, for um, this. You know, I think we have pretty much the same scheme. It's just a little bit faster and um, probably a little bit more plays, but I think they have, you know, the same mindset, the same aggressive mindset, and they like to play around the same defense. So it's not, it's not too difficult for me to adapt to. Hey, CJ, uh, th- there's a couple of different rookie cornerbacks on the team this year. Obviously, you guys have just done kind of walkthrough type things, but you think it could be helpful to have a couple guys going through similar experiences like that? Almost definitely. You know, um, you know, I'm a I'm a very open guy, so I like to, you know, hear guys, you know, their upbringing and how they got here as well. So, you know, training with those guys and hearing their perspective on, on ball and how they played and stuff, that, that helps me out a lot as well. Chason joins a defensive end and edge rusher group that has some fantastic talent, of course, including second-year defensive end Josh Allen, who's coming off a Pro Bowl appearance in his rookie season. Chason said that Allen has already taken him under his wing. We've been talking a lot. Uh, we've we actually worked out uh, a few times as well with each other. Um, I kind of look at him as uh, the role model just to follow after just obviously after the success he had. But um, from the the I can say the the bragged about that people have about his his character and the way he's displayed around the facility is somewhere that I want to be looked at as well. So, um, like I said, I kind of look at him as the big brother and just kind of help me um, just welcome my way into the league and do everything and try to be a pro as, as best I can. You can check out the archives of both media conferences on Jaguars.com. Next week, plenty more media availabilities for players, including Tuesday, when second-year quarterback Gardner Minshew meets the media. Must-see TV and must-listen audio there. Catch all the Jaguars news, video, and audio on the official team website, jaguars.com. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week Interview Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.